we're good to go. If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned in to the newest edition of the Punch List MMA Podcast. It's your boy, Dale Lippin, in here with the hobo wonder himself. Doesn't have two nickels to rub together, can't keep himself warm. Trey Van Buskirk, what's up, man? I am not Barack Obama, but I will ask for some change, please. <laughs> oh man, what an interesting weekend. But before we get into that, do you know what today is? You see, here's the thing is you surprise me mm. every, every once in a while. Actually, it's not even every once in a while. You surprise me a lot. Um, so I want to know if you know the significance of today, February 23rd. Uh, yesterday was National Margarita Day. That's a that's a good one, but think more so along the lines of the of, of what we're wearing here. Hmm. Allegiance clothing. How does that relate to the twenty third of February? Seventy six years ago, Trey, and I'm sure producer Jake knows exactly where I'm going with this. Was the day that the United States Marine Corps planted the flag on top of Mount Suribachi in Iwo Jima? Ah, Iwo Jima. Yeah, got so, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, for those of you <laughs> that can't see, producer Jake is in the background. He knows what's up. Uh, 76 years ago today, February 23rd is when that happened. So uh, I, you know, try to do the best I possibly can to, you know, show and uh, as much patriotism as possible. Uh, proud service member, as well as producer Jake and uh, a lot of my family members. So I try to honor them whenever I can. And remembering such things and the sacrifices that they had and people that have come before us have made. So I appreciate that. All right. Before I get too sappy about this, um, last weekend was a difficult weekend. It was a high and low kind of weekend. Well, yep. let's, let's talk about this for a second. First of all, let's, let's do this. I'm not one for apologizing. You know me. Yeah. I'm not big on apologies. It's not really my deal. I'll apologize to friends, family, my wife, my kids, you occasionally, but I think that we probably owe Phil Hawes an apology. Um, I know that you tried to sing to him, but you, mm -hmm. dude, you went in on Phil. You yeah. really went in on Phil. Yeah. So let's talk about this for a second. You were upset. Yeah. Are you still as upset? Do you want to, do you want to say sorry or what's, what's the, what's the plan here? Um, I've calmed down, uh, okay. pretty significantly since, okay. since said night. Um, I will say this, uh, Phil Hawes saw my message. He uh, did. He did. His little blue check mark in our messages received. He, he did see it. Um, he didn't comment back. Now, I don't know if he's just too much of a pussy. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah, I was in the heat of the moment. Um, I will say I understand his strategy exercises right. wrestling sure. elongate the fight get the points and get out i get it i get it now am i a bit of a casual that i want to see 
you know, the fireworks. I want to see that pizzazz. Absolutely. And I knew that Imavov had that in his hands. Let those puppies fly for a second and people are going down. And that's what we saw in the third round. If that were to have been exercised in the first and second, I believe this would have been totally different. But Phil Saw, he became the ultimate hugging champion. And that's what he did. He got the win. But no, he's not getting my respect. Absolutely not. Gotcha. Okay. And and that's fair. Uh, that was the that was the end of your parlay, and as such, the end of your balance. You are buying back in. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, add I'm a ten to my wife. Add a ten percent. <laughs> add a ten percent penalty, uh, as well. So that's that's good. That's good. I'll just take that and I'll add that to my balance. Uh, as you know, and I'm not. I don't want to. You know, allow for spoilers. But as you know, I have a game plan to get myself to the promised land. By the end of week, uh, at the the end of week two here, or the two weeks remaining, I will be ready to rock and roll. I have a game plan of all game plans on what I am going to do. It does not get any better than this, Trey. I I very rarely walk around with this much confidence, and I am fired up. I'm fired up, man. I I can smell victory. I know you're full. You're full chub right now. I can tell. It's three quarter. <laughs> three, three. Quarters. I need. Are you going to explain to the listeners today, at the end of the show, that you are only ten percent to goal right now? I am only ten percent to goal. But here's the thing, and I want to give a shout out. Um, I believe it. it, it uh, she'll be on the show later. She brought this to to our attention uh, that if we were looking at this as a stock, right? If we were looking at this as a stock, and I would be up twenty five percent right now. Mm. So if this is Dogecoin, I'm going to the moon. I'm yeah. going to the moon, man. Yeah. So no, you got on in that game stock, dude. That's I'm, what you're riding right now. I'm on that AMC right now. I'm on the <laughs> AMC train. Uh, we're going to the moon here, so don't worry about it. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I, you know me. I like to play everything close. We're gonna get there. Don't worry. All right. Well, I'm working off a broken Nokia flip razor phone right now. Dude, get me that iPhone. Let's get into this, dude. There is no. So first of all, you can't break a Nokia phone. So I don't know what you have, but (laughs) it's not a broken Nokia because those things will be here long after you and I are in the dirt, dead and gone. Nokia phones still exist. Exactly. Yes. 100%. They're good forever. All right. Speaking of things that are good and speaking (laughs) of things that will last as long, well, they don't last forever. They they barely last at all. It's the meat from Stay Classy Meats, man. As soon, dude, as soon as it comes off the grill, it's gone. It's gone. Half the time when I cook something, throw something on the Traeger, smoke it, whatever it needs to do, and I bring it into the house, I start slicing and dicing. I can't even get it on the plate. The family just crowds around the island, and we just eat off the cutting board like savages. It's yeah. that good. And, you know, you always say, well, Dale, I need you to take pictures. we got to put social media assets out so that way Stay Classy Meats can see that we're repping their products. Bro, I can't I, I can't even get a picture of it. It's gone. It's gone. It does exist. Stay Classy Meats do exist. It's just so good. It, it just, it's gone before it even hits the plate. So I don't know what to do. I mean, if you don't believe me and you want to see that Stay Classy Meats will deliver directly from ranch to table, use promo code fist save 10% on the entire thing and you can see that I'm not lying I just can't actually eat it or take a picture of it because I eat it too fast yeah that's that's a, it's a problem to have man you know they've got everything dude they've got freaking tigers no they don't have tigers they've got fox they don't have fox meat either okay well, they they do have a wide variety of said animals though they do they do but they do not have tigers or fox <laughs> okay all right well 
outside of, again, having everything at your disposal meat-wise, you guys need to have at your disposal the best threads out there. Guys, Allegiance Clothing, as we tout it every single episode, just go to their website, allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, and you're going to get 15% off site-wide. Guys, right now, right now, you can go on allegianceclothing.com and get the sickest blood red Punchless MMA collab Allegiance shirt on the planet. We've got one out to your boy, John Anik, who will be on the show next week. Maybe he's going to don at UFC 259. I don't know. But if you want to don something that someone might wear on stage next to those heroes that are throwing down gladiator, gladiator style in the cage, go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, and get yourself 15% off and that sick tee. Or if you follow us on social media, it's at the link in our bio. Oh, geez, such uh, so efficient. I'm just saying, man. I'm just trying to make things streamlined, bro. Streamlined. All right. Yeah. We could spend some time recapping the card that happened last weekend, but I feel like you probably want to move on, right? I don't want to. I don't don't say Phil or Hawes for the next 50 minutes, please. Excellent. So let's let let's move past that and let's get into the first fight on the main card this upcoming weekend. Alex Caceres. Bruce Leroy at 17 and 12, taking on Kevin Crash Croom at 21 and 12. A little bit of salty records on the boys here, but mm -hmm. Caceres is at a minus 205 over Kevin Croom at a plus 175. Over on rounds is at two and a half. And I want to say something here. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on this very briefly. Kevin Croom beat Roosevelt Roberts on yeah. one day's notice. One day's notice. And then had his fight overturned because he had pot in his system. I've there's not a lot of things that really, you know, uh, spurn my ire like something like that does. The guy took the fight on one day's notice, and it's pot. It's not EPO like TJ Dillashaw. It's not cocaine. It's not heroin. I don't care. look, man. Why are we penalizing guys for for smoking weed at this point? It is ridiculous. Different rant for a different day. Kevin Kroom trains out of Glory MMA. James Krause will be in the corner, head coach. Uh, we just saw Glory pick up a huge win on Saturday. Derek Minner beat just pillar to post, dominated Charles Rosa. And what a lot of people thought was going to be a very even jujitsu practitioner battle, it was not competitive at all. And if those are the kind of looks that a guy like Kevin Kroom's getting on a day-in and day-out basis at Glory MMA, I love him here against Alex Caceres, who is a – perennial win one lose one never live up to the potential bad gas tank get submitted all the time get caught in weird stuff throw spinny shit all the time i love kevin croom at plus 175 this is good money here i love him in this i love him at that price i love it you said it all man i don't have one other point i think the only <laughs> thing i could say about alice caceres is he's that you know the blue bruce leroy hey keep that freaking distance going utilize that finesse that footwork keep it around the cage but again doesn't know how to fight off submissions doesn't know how to fight the hands it seems like everyone that fights alex caceres always ends up on his back um i think that you know you got to go with glory mma right now they're on a heater i like what james Krause is doing over there caceres ugh, dude he's there's he is the lowest lo lowest level um gatekeeper i think of the ufc mm. there's a reason they put mm -hmm. him there Salty record, but he's a very foundational. How do you barrier to entry UFC Alex Caceres? One thing of note, too, um, been paying a lot of attention to Kevin Kroom. He's been doing a lot of Instagram lives lately. And one thing that he is constantly reiterating 
is that he will die before this fight sees round three. He <laughs> wants this thing done inside of two rounds. Beautiful. Whether he's losing or winning, he is saying this fight will not see round three. Win, lose, or draw, he's putting everything he has into the first 10 minutes of this fight. So under two and a half looks like a tasty tasty little proposition here. <laughs> a little tasty lick. Yeah, exactly. I will, I will take a man at his word in that regard. All right, man. Dude, I don't know what you're going to do here. Battle of your two favorite women on the roster, Angela Hill at yeah. 12 and 9, taking on Ashley Yoder at yeah. 8 and 6. Yes, that is correct. 8 and 6 for your girl, Ashley Yoder. A massive underdog Stupid. at a plus 300. Angela Hill coming back minus 375. Over on rounds is at 2.5 here. I'm going to let you lead in on this one because I, I took the Kroom headline from you. So go ahead. This is a, this is a rematch. What back from 2017? Um, I think this line is disgusting. I, mm. I understand that Angela Hill is the new cowboy Cerrone of, mm. of you know, quick fights, quick turnarounds. She got COVID though. I haven't seen her since September. I think Ashley Yoder, dude, everyone's got a Yoda lay he her to the bank. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Angela Hill is going to have the pop, she's going to have the footwork, she's going to be more confident in standing and trading. But Ashley Yoder, you got to go back in 2017. The chick was a purple belt or maybe even like a four stripe blue. I don't know. She she wasn't where she is now. She is a black belt. She has learned that she is a heavier chick. She's one that can work in the clinch. And if she gets a takedown, she's able to find those submissions. I think that Angela Hill's biggest vulnerability has always been on the ground. So Ashley Yoder is smart. She knows what she what type of blueprint she has. She knows how to enact her game plan. And when you have someone like Angela Hill who doesn't want anything to do with the ground, and someone that's better on the ground at plus 300 money, tell me why I shouldn't take Ashley Yoder. I, I've already told you this. For the remainder of 2021, I'm betting every women's underdog. So you already know I'm on Ashley Yoder here. Uh, I think I think that Angela Hill probably has more momentum. She, you know, in my opinion, uh, beat Claudia Gedalia. I think that she's really, like, come into her own and looked very good as of late. Activity has really done well for her staying as active as she has it's really it's really paying dividends on the win loss here's the thing though is that i think ashley yoder presents a unique set of problems a unique a unique skill set if you will a liam neeson style the skills that she has are tailor-made to beat a woman like angela hill now she has that one clear path to victory, and I do believe it to be via submission. If she cannot submit Angela Hill, I don't think that she's going to win this fight. No. So she's got a clear path to victory, but it has to be that one way. Um, I'm looking at by submission props for or for Ashley Yoder, and I'm looking at taking her at plus money at that plus 300 as well because I, I really think that's the only way she's going to win the fight. But it's worth it, – I'm, I'm telling you, I'm betting every women's underdog from here on out, man. I refuse. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not betting a women's favorite. Hey, plus three hundred. Let's let's do it. Let's get that money, bro. Let's mm. get it. Mm. All right. Uh, a rematch. Yeah, they fought before, right? Pedro Munoz and Jimmy Rivera. I could have swore they fought before. I think they're just thinking they got recanceled and booked three different times. Are you sure? Have they fought? I don't think they've fought. I think they have. I think they have. Well, I gotta look real quick. I'm embarrassed. They have. I don't remember. Yeah, they, they did fight. 
UFC Fight Night 77 back in oh. 2015. I don't know why oh. you didn't remember that, bro. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Munez plus 135 versus Jimmy Rivera. Hey, what happened? Minus 155. <laughs> Jimmy Rivera won that fight just okay. like he's going to win this one. Uh, over under on rounds is at two and a half. I like Jimmy Rivera in this fight. I liked him two weeks ago or three weeks ago when this fight was initially supposed to happen. I like him. I still like him. Nothing's changed but the date. Literally, I think Jimmy Rivera gets it done any way that he wants it. Pedro Munoz will be there to be hit, and Jimmy Rivera will hit him. I don't think he's going to knock Pedro out. Pedro has shown himself to be very durable. One thing is that, A couple things that he does have to worry about. Uh, Jimmy Rivera has been sloppy in exchanges before. He can get caught. Pedro Munoz has really stepped up his, his, his striking. The other thing, too, is Pedro very underrated as far as leg kicks are concerned, and he mm. is not shy when it comes to utilizing the calf kicks that are becoming oh so popular right now. He can cut down on the movement of Jimmy Rivera and put himself in a position to land some some decent combinations by chopping up those legs. And he, I, I think that he'll try to do that. In the process, though, I see Jimmy Rivera tagging him and inflicting damage on Pedro. Pedro is one of the most hittable fighters, if not the most hittable fighter, I think, statistically on the roster. Um, that's have to be something we'd have to consult, what is it, numbers MMA on. But I believe Pedro is one of, if not the most hittable fighter on the roster. Um, I think that Jimmy Rivera gets his fight done. I like Jimmy Rivera by decision. I like the over two and a half as well. I think in a dog fight, there's always one that gets bit a little bit harder and just starts to go absolutely bonkers. And that's Pedro Munoz. That's a guy that he gets very susceptible to the brawl. Um, and I mean, unfortunately, but fortunately he's always been on the right side of that, whether that was the Cody Garbrandt thing. Uh, you know, Frankie Edgar was never going to put him out, but he is susceptible to those brawls. He keeps his hands low, which keeps, you know, him wide open. I think he likes to join those brawls for a couple of reasons. One, if he lands, he's got heavy hands. And if he gets wobbled and it goes down on the ground, he's got great jujitsu. We've seen him get wobbled before. And what does he do? He climbs the tree, snatches a guillotine, brings it down, rides those legs high and cinches it. We saw it Rob Font. We've seen it like a bunch of different times with Pedro Munoz. I don't think Jimmy Rivera is the type of guy that wants to engage in a fight like that, though. I think, to your point, he's going to have the technical striking. He's going to have the prowess to keep it at distance, pick and choose his shots, and get it done by decision. So this is not going to be a Cody Bagarbrant-type era. This is going to be very cut and dry, very technical, and I think Jimmy's going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, let's see here. Next fight on the card, Montana De La Rosa at 11-6. and six. Myra Silva or Myra Bueno Silva, I should say, is at 7 and Bueno at 7 and 1. De La Rosa plus 115. Myra Silva here, Trey, surprisingly, minus 135. She is the favorite. Um, I, I'm leaning towards De La Rosa here, but, again, she's plus money and it's a women's fight, so you already know where I'm leaning to begin with. But I think Montana, Montana De La Rosa has got the better strength of schedule, and I feel like she should win this fight. I'm not really sure... Not that this is like a super disrespectful line, but what have you seen out of Silva that has Vegas making this line the way that it is currently? I think with De La Rosa, they worry with a wrestler and jiu-jitsu practitioner here. And Buena Silva, she's someone that's good off her back. So I think the worry is if Montana De La Rosa goes out there and wrestles heavy and gets this thing to the ground, how active is Buena Silva's guard going to be? Is she going to be able to throw up a triangle? Is she going to be able to like you know clinch something down quickly? 
I am worried about that, but I think Montana De La Rosa is smart enough. She comes from team elevation. I know from a mental perspective, they worked hard on, Hey, when you get this takedown, stay in half guard and keep your distance and land some ground and pound. Don't get pulled into any of her tricks or slick submissions. I think a lot of people are seeing those slick submissions off her back and that's where the line's going. But I think Montana De La Rosa is one, love the plus money two, great team. And three, I think she's smart enough to not engage like that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the three fights that Silva's had inside the octagon, two of which have been armbar victories. So it's definitely something that you have to pay attention to. Uh, I just, I feel like De La Rosa possesses enough basic skills to not get caught up in that. I, I, I could be overhyping her. I could not be giving enough credit to Silva. I'm not, I'm not sure where I'm falling. Time will tell. We'll learn on Saturday night. But I feel like Silva, or I'm sorry, I feel like De La Rosa has all the skills necessary to win this fight. I agree. Sorry, I'm looking in the chat for a quick second. Um, our friend uh, Alfredo Munoz here said that we had a better success uh, when we started with the prelims. That's some boogeyman shit, dude. I'm I'm kind of freaked out. He could be totally right. We well, could be way better starting at the prelims. When I, I I saw that I saw that comment as well. I'm trying to remember when the last time we started with the prelims was though. I, re I really can't remember. For the longest time, we've done main card, then prelims. I know occasionally we've switched it up, but it's not been of anything substantial. Um, but now that you've got me thinking about it, that's that's great, man. That'll that'll only eat at my soul for the rest of the night. So thank you. Yeah, yeah as, absolutely. I, as I try to remember when the last time we did that. All right, co-main event of the evening, Magomed Ankalaev taking on Nikita Krylov. Ankalaev at 14-1, and one, Trey, taking on Krylov, Krylov rather, at 27-7. and seven. Ankalai have a massive minus 340 favorite here versus a uh, very experienced Nikita Krylov at plus 280. Over under on rounds is at one and a half. I don't think we'll need anything other than the first round for this fight, though. What do you think? Really? I really do. So are you are you thinking that Ankalaev is a guy that's just going to like throw heavy, kind of like what happened in the Kutalaba fight? Or you think he's going to be what he was coming into the UFC, which was like a Khabib Russian style grinder wrestler. That's what he was. So wouldn't you right. think that would go over? Maybe, but I don't necessarily, I think, I think he has, I think he has the advantage anywhere in this fight. Mm. Um, so I think if it stays standing, he has the advantage. I think if it goes to the ground, I think he has the advantage. So I'm not really sure where Nikita Krylov is going to impose himself to win this fight. I don't think he gets it done on the ground. I think maybe his best opportunity for success is to get Uncle Iev to, you know, to get into some sort of sloppy exchange and take advantage of that. But I really just don't see it. I, I think that Uncle Iev can win this fight however he wants to. Um, I would I would love a Dagestani wrestling clinic. I think that would be the surest path to victory for him. But you know as well as I do, when you get a knockout, guys fall in love with their hands. And I think he's going to go out there and I think he's going to engage with Krylov for a little bit, which is either going to put Nikita in a position to win or he's going to be successful. We see that he carries power. We see that he can turn the lights out and he's creative. He's a creative striker, which is scary too. That's a big guy to be as creative on the feet as he is. I definitely think that he's got the opportunity to win this fight standing. I think he's got the opportunity to wrestle out to a decision. I think maybe he could even wear down Krylov and get a submission. I really think it's, wherever he wants it, man. I, I mean, minus 340 says Vegas thinks he gets it done wherever he wants it. Gosh, I just feel like I haven't seen enough on the ground to want to weigh that way. And Kry Krylov, you got to remember, this is a guy that submitted OSP. 
He's a yeah. guy that's very comfortable on the ground, especially given his resume. Magomed, when you go back and watch his fight against Paul Craig, didn't look that great. Now, granted, that's what Paul Craig's like cream of the crop shit is. But I think that there is a path for Krylov to get this done. I think he has to get it on the ground. But, dude, you are looking up against a mountain of a man to get down to the mat. And that's going to be a tough thing. We shall see on Saturday night. All right. Main event of the evening. Talking about two mountainous men. Jorginho. Jorginho. <laughs> Rose, Rosenstrike at 11 and 1, taking on Cyril Gane at 7 and 0. Oh. I don't understand this line either, to be honest with you, Trey. Rosenstrike at a plus 220, Gane at a minus 260. Over on our rounds here is at one and a half. I'm going to be honest with you. Of all the lines that we talk about tonight, this is the one that confuses me the most. If you look at the strength of schedule and if you look at the performance given the strength of schedule, I don't understand how this isn't closer. I, I would even be okay, let's just be realistic, if Rosenstrike was like a plus 160. But minus, or I'm sorry, plus 220, minus 260 for Ghana. boy, does that feel disrespectful. It almost leads me to believe that Rosenstrike is going to win this fight because I, I just, I know that we've said that 2021 is the, is the year of the casual. Um, but man, I really feel like Rosenstrike's got a decent chance here, much more so than a plus two twenty line would indicate. That's a big. That's a big line, man. That's good value. That's great value. I'll I'll, I'll tell you why. You want to okay. know why it's so wide? Yeah. It's it's because people are jaded by the chest tattoo of Sirogane. Okay. It's just like Tiago Santos. When you have a big pronounced chest tattoo that makes absolutely no sense, mm. people have absolutely no idea what technique that person possesses. Ciro okay. Grande has not fought even close to the quality of competition Zar Zarzinho has fought. Zarzinho, he has fought. You have to forget, or you cannot forget, that Zarzinho has had 70 pro kickboxing fights. Yeah. This guy is smart. The only reason that we start to put a little poo-poo on Jarzinho is the fact that he's been knocked the fuck out. We think that he's chinny. We think that he's susceptible. And when I mean, you look at a guy like Ciro Ghani that is built like a mountainous man who is scary as shit with that chest tattoo, you think that he's going to get sucked in and susceptible as well. Jarzinho has the technique. Half kick the shit out of you. He will keep you from distance. He will pepper you. He will put the volume out there. And we have not seen Cyril to have that good of a cardio tank. We haven't seen that much historical data to prove that he can go into the later rounds and put Jarzinho out. If I have to say Jarzinho one more time, I'm going to start a motorcycle. I like it, man. First of all, I like I like the way you say that. Um, second of all, I think that's I think that's a valid point. Uh, I I did forget about his kickboxing record. He is a very experienced combat athlete realistically if you're looking at his one loss it's because he got bull rushed by francis and ganu and yeah. nobody really expected that to happen and if francis knocks you out are we really counting that as like some sort of litmus test to your skill no i don't i don't believe that's the case i, I think that i think that if francis knocks you out i mean that's really just kind of the thing that happens right yeah. that's par for the course so i'm not putting a lot of weight in that I think that he bounces back here. I think he gets this W. I like the plus 220 money. I was initially, when this fight got announced, I was really on Gun or Gane. But given the way the line looks, I don't want to play him at the minus 260. If it was tighter uh, and get better money out of him, I'd play him. But minus 260 is too rich for my blood, man. I like Rosenstrike at the plus 220. Uh, that looks like a good, good way to cap off the parlay on Saturday night. What do you think? 
I love it. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. All right. Well, we got somebody else in here. Yeah. We got somebody else. We we oh. we've re oh there it is. There it I, is. I wasn't ready. I thought you guys were gonna go through all the fights. No, 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 no. We're <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring you in. We're gonna talk, we're, we're gonna work through some of these because you sent me your list earlier. So I've been preparing. Um oh I've, got, I've got notes and um I'm ready to I'm ready to go. So Trey I believe Trey, you saw that you you prepared as well, correct? I did. I feel like Kate's way more organized and prepared. You're all put together. You have your notes ready to go. Like my hair, I look like a troll right now. Dale, I guess you look like a troll as well. Always, always. Billy, <laughs> three Billy Goat Scrub. I, I'm the kind of guy, kind of guy that asks you riddles if you ever want to go into that. <laughs> Got to yeah. pay the troll toll, dude. Oh, yeah. see the column then. Yeah, for sure. I will. I will. I will make you answer riddles before you do anything. <laughs> Kate, you do look like you just came from like a court deposition or something like that. Oh, what's, yeah. What's, well, what's going? on? Don't call me sophisticated MMA for nothing. Oh, that is bang, correct. Bang. bang, bang. All right. Hit me with that first hot take. What do you got for us? All right. Usman. Dear Usman. Mm. We respect you. Mm -hmm. We just don't like you very much. Mm. Mm. And and I say that mostly in jest, you know, okay. to get my point across. But my, my thing with Usman, and it's been this for a while mm -hmm. is that his his attitude when he's you know on a press tour or doing a press conference or or promoting a fight or when they catch him in those in my opinion planned situations okay he just comes off as like it's not him. And I and I wish I could get a hold of anybody on his team to be like, why haven't you told him to stop this shtick? Like, mm -hmm. no one likes it. No one believes it. There's actually a video, and I don't remember who originally put it out, um, but it's of uh, Derek Lewis uh, coming into uh, Usman shooting a video, like, at the Dallas Cowboys Museum or something. And yep. Derek Lewis kind of grabs him by the collar and he's like, no, 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 you're supposed to, you know, cheer for Houston. And Usman looks genuinely scared. Right. And I'm like, 10 out of 10, believe that more than anything that he says when he's got a mic in his face otherwise. Like on the desk in ESPN, he sounds so smart, like so intelligent, so on the money. Like he just comes off as this really super articulate, intelligent dude. And then... You get him after a fight and it's, you better put some respect on my name, son. And I'm like, yeah, sounds, you're laughing. That, you're that's laughing. uncanny. You sound exactly like yeah. him. That is but it sounds just as ridiculous when I do it, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Neither right. of you believe I'm doing anything, right? Yeah, like, true. It, it just It just doesn't land. And so, I just wish he'd stop it. So we respect Usman. We just don't like him. I like him. I mean, like when I when I watch his videos, like when he's just getting interviewed regularly, I like him. I like listening to what he has to say. I don't I don't like this persona that he puts on. Fair enough. Trey, do you respect him or do you like him or do you both? Is it both? He to me, he reminds me of an insecure high school girl, man, um, where the, the hot chick comes up and says, hey, you know what? Bangs are not in. Bangs are not in. 
<laughs> and then the next day he comes and he doesn't have bangs. Um, and I say that because that's what Colby Covington did said, dude, check out that receding hairline. What does he have now? He's got a bald head. He's the most insecure person. So when Kate, you talk about him going after and saying, putting some respect to my name and trying to be all thuggery and gnarly and badass, he's just a bitch. He's got great striking. He's a great athlete, but he's not a marketer. It's so ingen uh, disingenuous. Yes. Um, so yes, respect him as an athlete. Outside of that, I'm not going to be friends with him. Dale? <laughs> I, I, there's nothing I can say to this to bring any any value to this conversation. You guys have nailed it. Um, I I like so I'm not the I'm not the biggest. Uh, ben Askren fan in the entire world. However, I think that he's very on point whenever he would call him Marty. Um, I think when Colby would call him Marty, I thought that was great too, because if, you, <laughs> if you've ever seen any footage of him when he was in college or coming out of high school, yeah. they would interview him. He was a very humble, very well-spoken, very mm -hmm. articulate, very uh, self-aware person. And then it's just, Again, it's a character. Yep. I, I thought that the whole thing with the whole put some respect on my name. I also thought after the Colby Covington fight, too, where he was walking around, and his mouth was all swollen. He's like, I tried to tell him I'm a problem. I was like, dude, I don't understand. Nobody <laughs> nobody thought that you weren't, buddy. You're so good. Right. Just, just be good. All right. Fair enough. Excellent point, Kate. All right. Let's <laughs> let's break. Let's break down some some prelim fights. Maxime. Grisham. Turn me off, you know. Do you want me? Do you want, do you want us to send you off? Yeah, pop me back in when you want to talk again. All right, there we go. I just took her right back out. <laughs> All right, man. Maxime Grishin at thirty-one, eight and two, taking on Dustin Jacoby at thirteen and five. I feel like you're big on Jacoby in this fight. I was down on Jacoby his last fight, and he proved me wrong with the win over Justin Ledet. Grisham, on the other hand, or Grishin rather, I'm gonna make sure I say his name right. Plus one fifty-five. Jacoby minus one eighty over under on rounds is at two and a half here. Trey, I was I was impressed by Jacoby and what we saw. I think he has gotten better, but boy, do we have an experienced big two hundred five or even one eighty five if he can make it. Maxine Grishin here, yeah, and Grishin fought uh, on Goliath, dude. Yeah, um, he's he's been around for a minute. Dustin Jacoby though. Here's the thing is he's, he's predominantly a counter puncher, um, which makes me worried with someone who Maxim Grishin, who's going to come in as a, as a dog in this fight needs to be the aggressor. Um, if, if Dustin Jacoby can come in and be first, you know, mm -hmm. and I know that's tough to say almost counterintuitive with a counter puncher. I do think that he has the tools to get it done. I don't see this going, uh, under two and a half. I think that's perfectly set. I see this being an over, but I think, you know, Maxine Grishin, I don't want to say he's been known to be chinny, but he's been around and, you know, he is a failing, uh, I mean, a vet in the apex, put him up to the gods. Maybe, maybe, I don't know if he's a legend of the game. I mean, we're, we're more of, I mean, he is a vet. There, there is, there is no doubt there. Um, he's got wins over quality opponents though, yeah. over a wide variety of skill sets. He's faced elite level strikers before he's faced elite wrestlers before, you know, Dustin Jacoby, we, I mean, we've talked about this before. My man fought back like when he was on what the, the D the Nick Diaz versus BJ Penn card, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's been in the game for a while and then he was gone for a long time and now he's back. Um, I mean, I, I like Dustin Jacoby. 
I, like I said, I was down on him in the Ledette fight, and he proved me wrong. He looked fantastic. He's definitely gotten better as a mixed martial artist, definitely gotten better as a combat athlete. His kickboxing pedigree is, you know, I don't want to say it's second to none, but he's got a high-level kickboxing pedigree. He's got to do something, though, against the Russian here in Maxine Grisham, though, that I've, I don't necessarily know that I trust enough, right? Justin Ledette's a boxer. He went out there. They threw hands. Maxime Grishin is not about that life. He is gonna he's gonna push him up against the cage. He's gonna make this ugly and has no qualms with winning this in a super lackluster three round decision. He has no problem doing that at all. He gives zero hoots about losing or winning rather a boring fight. He just wants the W, just wants that W. That's what makes me worried though, is because that's what Jacoby likes. He likes to fight off his off his heels. He likes to be backed up, and that counter punching style I think is going to be a big issue for someone being the aggressor. That's why I'd like to see Jacoby in, implement his game plan, but kind of push forward a little bit. Don't be up against the cage because I am worried that Grishin can wrestle this thing to death, elongate it, and maybe win on points. But I think if Dustin moves forward a little bit, he can get in and get this thing done. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Next fight on the on the prelims. We got Vince Cachero at seven and three taking on Ronnie Lawrence at seven, or I'm sorry, at six and one. Don't want to give him that credit for the win just yet. Ronnie Lawrence of the minus 170 favorite. Cachero plus 145. Over on rounds is at two and a half. Ronnie Lawrence looked good on contender series, man. I think I'm just going to go ahead and take him here. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, church this one up too much. I think he's going to be the bigger, stronger fighter come come fight night. Minus 170. That's a decent parlay piece as far as I'm concerned. A decent price on him i like him to get it done yeah kachero if people don't know he was a former lfa title challenger he's going to be two inches smaller he's going to give up a two and a half inch reach ronnie lawrence though this guy coming off uh dana white contender series go back and watch his fights this guy is disney on ice he's dancing with the stars super flashy spinning back elbows absolutely wild and he's got power behind every facet of your body um i think that that flashy style um i actually like the under in this fight um mm. Ronnie Lawrence is a threat in this fight. I think, you know, Vince has been around for a minute, and I just don't think the crossover into the UFC is going to do him well. Disney on ice. I like that. Yeah, I do. I like oh, that a lot. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Enough of this Mickey Mouse Wait, clubhouse. Wait, no, speaking of which, um, in our poll, yeah. um, resounding, everyone said that Donald Duck would beat the shit out of Mickey Mouse. Of course he would. Of course he would. Just because of his nose, right? I think I think it has a little bit to do with the nose, but I also think that you know he he's going to have the speed advantage over Mickey Mouse. Oh, for sure. Really? Yeah, dude. For, okay, first of all, plus the aggression level. Have you ever seen a duck or a goose when they're protective? Well, Donald's always pissed. Like, always. He's all he's already fiery anyway. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing: is that I think I think that. I think that Donald has the aggression level. I think I think he comes out, he starts fast, he finishes him early. I think he busts up the nose. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't want to break down this fight right now. You're, you're getting me off topic. <laughs> William Knight at nine and one, taking on Alonzo Menafield at nine and two. Interesting fight here, Trey. Pretty much at a pick 'em. We're just gonna leave it at that. Over on our rounds at one and a half. I don't necessarily trust either one of these guys. Um, but there is going to be a lot of power and a lot of weight being thrown around on Saturday night. Yeah. All that, all that being said, I kind of like over one and a half here. <laughs> Seems counterintuitive, but you know me, I like this over. Uh, these are both guys that I don't trust their cardio tank more than I could throw them. 
Um, you cannot throw these guys. They are oh. thick. <laughs> yeah. But they're both guys that literally after like the first round are sucking wind. They need oxygen, like, you know, get the freaking inhaler out if possible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like they rip a line of cocaine and they're just right back in the game. Their ebb and flow of the cardio on them, both these, it makes absolutely zero sense to me. I think that William Knight, though, is a little bit more well-rounded. He has a good ground game. Uh, Alonzo Menafield is going to push us up against the cage, make this clinch heavy, make it a little bit ugly. Um, you know, he doesn't seem to struggle really with that wrestling game in, in Menafield. So I think I like the overplay on this for sure. I think it's going to get drawn out. And that's kind of all I want to touch on it. I think that William Knight might win in decision on this, but I think where I feel most comfortable is over one and a half. Yeah. Both of these guys push the UFC uniform, if you will, to the limit. Mm. Both of these guys are crazy thick, like muscular. So I, it, wow. it's wild. I mean, just they push it to the limit. A very, very durable, malleable fabric the UFC oh. uniforms are made out of. Oh, I thought you were saying they're the type of guys that like go out to dinner with their wife and they're wearing the UFC shirt, like kind of douchebaggery. Oh, they may. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's like, what's that? What's that? Uh, that super fat golfer that won uh, the Masters that everyone hates? Patrick. Oh, ooh, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. The Patrick. dude goes to a, a New York uh, Yankees game right behind home plate. And he's wearing his green jacket. It's like, come on, dude. I'm going to be honest with you. I would do the same thing. <laughs> I know, but uh, so would I, but uh, you know, I would do the same thing. <laughs> I, if I won the masters, you would bury me in that jacket. <laughs> you, All right, fine. And I, I would have people address me as uh 2000, whatever year I won at masters champion. And then my name, that's how I would, that's how I, I would do it. Last thing I want to say about this fight real quick though, Menafield mm -hmm. sprinkle a little bit, maybe on decision there. I think that's in like the plus fives or sixes. Absolutely okay. bonkers. So okay. both these guys, I do think it's a possibility to go decision. Sprinkle a little bit on Menafield there and make some money. Perfect. And she's back looking at her phone. Here we I'm go. I'm looking at my phone trying to get more people to watch. No, that's fine. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate you. All right. Yeah. Hit us with hot take number two. Two. If we don't elevate this sport and continue to improve the way that the sport is managed, somebody else will. Our, our hand will be forced. What do you mean uh, by that? I mean that I saw a post and I forget who originally made it, mm. um, but it was somebody tweeting out that if you have anything bad to say about Herb Dean's stoppage in the Blades Lewis fight, don't watch MMA. And I went, um, <laughs> like, okay. we have to be allowed to say if something maybe wasn't great. We have to be allowed to criticize these things. Sure. Um, Dale, I think you and I were having this conversation where you said Herb Dean is either on top of the fighters or across the cage. Yes. And I think in this instance, it was across the cage and yep. he didn't quite get there in time. And I'm, I'm not trying to say he's a bad ref or that we should be coming for him in the same way that somebody came for Blades. I don't know if you guys saw that trolling video. That was Again, That awful. was disgusting. No, don't do that. That's terrible behavior. But we should be able to talk about it. And we should be able to say, is there a better way to do this? Maybe. Is there a, is there a way to train these refs as to 
where you should be positioned in the cage based on the action so that we can avoid this kind of stuff. Because if we don't do it, if we don't do it ourselves, eventually somebody else is going to get word of it. And, you know, the powers that be are going to start hovering over us. And I don't like any of that. So here I've watched I, there are a couple different things. One, Trey, if you're not aware, somebody got a hold of Curtis Blade's phone number and FaceTimed him. And he actually answered the FaceTime. And he this guy was like, hey, Curtis, you got knocked the F out. And Curtis was like, I don't even know you, man. And the guy was just this little little dumpy troll kid just talking complete complete garbage. Mm -hmm. um, I have some theories on how that guy got Curtis's number, uh, but I don't want to, I don't want to sp spread speculation, but that's not a good look for us podcasters whenever no. stuff like that happens. Um, and that's all I want to say about that. Now I've watched the Derek Lewis Curtis blades finish several times now, upwards of probably about two dozen times. And I'm going to, I'm going to repeal a little bit of how I felt on um, Saturday night. I think that Herb did the best he could given the situation. He was slightly out of position, but all that to say, he was in there with two guys over six foot four that weighed 265 plus pounds in a 23 foot octagon. And Herb is no small man himself. He right. was about as well positioned as he was going to be given the way that they were moving around the fight. And the problem with got bigger guys like that, especially in a Curtis Blades fight, is you've got to kind of stay out of the way because he will shoot for a takedown from anywhere. And if you are close or positioned behind Derek Lewis, you're going to get pancaked as he tries to push Derek up against the fence. So where he was at, hold on, where he was at, all things considered, was probably about as good as it was going to get. And then even then, even then, he hit, Curtis, Curtis fell down and then he hit him two more times. The first one was more glancing. The second one was a, was a death punch, but Herb was in there. Then the whole thing from start to finish, the sequence was less than three seconds, right? He literally saw what was happening and broke it up within three seconds. I don't think it's realistic to expect him to do it any faster than that. And, and that's not even what I'm saying. My, right. my issue, my issue is with the people that immediately jumped to the get out of MMA. If you have okay. something bad to say, yeah. it's like, that's not, that's not how the conversation should go. What you just said, the way that you said it very well articulated makes a lot of sense. But my feeling is, is that we should always at least be able to talk about it. If somebody has strong feelings about the way that a fight went or how a fight was finished or whether or not a referee should have stepped in, we always should be able to discuss it. Because if we don't, if we can't get on the same page as a community, as people who regulate, as people who are refereeing, then eventually it's going to get it's going to get moved up the chain and people are going to march in and do it for us. So I think we always have to be prepared to self-regulate and have those discussions. Gotcha. What do you think, Trey? I mean, I, I think that there's such a broad discrepancy with our refs because I don't think there's really a true plan as to how to become an official ref. I think it's yeah. still a work in motion. Um, we see the discrepancy from a Herb Dean to a Chris Tyone, you know, mm. two completely different views as to someone getting knocked out, when to start, when to stop. Um, right. 
you know, we Neil said it in the chat here. We've come a long way since the Mazagatis. You know, if I walked into the cage and Mazagatis holding up his little stupid heart thing, I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, I'm probably gonna die here today. Yeah. This guy's not gonna save me. He has not have my best interest. I think that judging it's still such a new sport. But to Kate's point, yeah, we need to improve the sport. And I think if we do it collectively and do it in a very like succinct but you know formulated manner, we can get to a certain point, but the talking shit and the broad discrepancies. Yeah. It's a hodgepodge of just garbage. I think what we'll see uh, coming down the pipe here at some point is a, I, I guess we probably like, we see like in the NFL or the NBA, there will be an officiation or officiating review board where I know to some degree, um, cause we've had these conversations with other fighters that have, have been privy to this, that there is a community after the fact where they sit down and they will review past events and they'll talk about it and use them as learning tools. But very rarely do we see something where there will be an absolute like review from some sort of impartial third party committee, whether they be retired referees or former fighters or whatever the case may be. There are schools and different organizations out there that will bring people in to review these things, but they have no regulatory capacity i think we will see that at some point in time it's yeah. probably coming sooner rather than later so to your point absolutely i think what what's going to end up happening is is something will happen that will light the fire and spur right. that change and go we can't have this we have to have some sort of how they have the unified rules there's got to be a universal we need to we need to touch on this kind of situation so i i, I, I agree I would just like to make sure that we get as ahead of it as possible. Yeah. Before someone dies. Yes, correct. Because <laughs> Derek Lewis is throwing, I'm going to kill you punches. So. <laughs> no kidding. That's a thing. Please. So, um, anyway. All right. So, let's do this. There we go. All right. <laughs> now that she told me that I can just kick her in and out whenever I want, I got to think of creative transitions <laughs> to kick her out. All right. <laughs> let's, all right. We got a couple more fights to break down. We've got three more fights that we, we need to get to here. Alexis Davis taking on Sabina Mazo. Alexis Davis at 19 and 10, taking on Sabina Mazo at 9 and 1. I'm going to be honest with you, Trey. Pretty surprised that Alexis Davis is still fighting. Did not think that I would be seeing this still, but here she is. She's still fighting. She's still fighting the good fight, I guess. Plus 180, Sabina Mazo coming back. Minus 210, overrunner rounds at two and a half. It would be contradictory of me to say at this point that I'm not going to play Alexis Davis. But I do not think Alexis Davis is going to win this fight. But maybe I have to play her anyway because I said I was going to play every women's underdog for the rest of the year. So I'm beholden to my word, but I do not believe that Alexis Davis is going to win this fight. No, dude, the UFC's got a plan here. Um, they see in a hot prospect in Mazo. They need a little bit of a name. Alexis Davis, we may or may not know her. She's been around for a minute. I think she's, what, 36 years old? She's, she's old. fought the who's who, though, dude. The who's who. She Comes is. in, beats up Liz Carmouche, and then she's fought freaking, uh, I was going to say Damien Maya, Jennifer Maya, uh, Kaylin Chukagian, um, uh, Vivian Erjau, dude, she's fought the freaking top five, the top five. The problem is, you know, she's on that three fight losing skid, but she's been around. She's a quote unquote vet. Mazo's coming in, got slick striking. She's going to be an inch taller. She's got the two inch reach advantage. She's got crazy good striking. I mean, I think this is a, you know, a bit of a pedestal uh, for Mazo to come in and get this thing done. You, you know, from a better perspective, like, oh, look at the resume, look at her resume. No, let's look at the striking. Let's look at the energy. Let's look at the footwork. That's everything Mazo has, and she's going to lay it on Davis. 
Yeah, I mean, Alexis Davis is an OG of women's MMA, man. She's fought the, she has fought the who's who. You're absolutely right. Um, back when there was only a handful of women that were competing, Alexis Davis was in that handful. Um, mm -hmm. She's fought the Tanya Evingers. She's fought the Sarah Kaufmans. She's mm -hmm. fought, you know, obviously, obviously that really wild um, slam and then repetitive punch Ronda Rousey fight that they oh, yeah. love to show when Ronda was relevant. <laughs> um, she's, I mean, she's fought the who's who. She she's been around for a long time. The game has not been particularly nice to her, and they're feeding her up to a prospect here. I, I, without getting too into the weeds, I think Mazo gets it done. Uh, I don't necessarily know if it gets done inside the distance. The one thing I will say though is that Alexis Davis will be the heavier fighter come fight night, and she's going to have the wealth of experience that a relatively new Sabina Mazo may or may not have the tools to compete with. But we'll see. Um, we shall see. I, I really just kind of lean Mazo here just based off of the direction, the, you know, the career trajectory, if you will. All right. So we got a last second replacement here. Alex Ooh. Oliveira at 22, 9 and 1, taking on Ramazan Karamo Mega. Wait, hold on. What? Yeah, I got to get this start. fight put together. Like today. Um, Great. Karama Kara. Oh, Mago Medov. There we go. Kara <laughs> Mago Medov. Kara Mago Medov. There we go. I'll say it a bunch and we'll get it together here. Oh, uh, but here, you know, we're, we're essentially, they make this fight. Alex Oliveira goes from a favorite to an underdog, just like that. And there is nothing currently available on over, under, on rounds. I know that we're hitting you with breaking news right now. I expect you to have nothing here. Um, just You just want to lean cowboy for plus money? Oh man, dude, who is Ramazan Kukamukamadoove, dude? I don't even know who that is. You know everything about Alex Oliveira. I don't know one thing about this guy except for he's got a scary last name and probably a neck beard, dude. He does have a he does have a neck beard. He is a Caucasus Mountain warrior. Um, he is undefeated. Okay. However, every, you know he's got a win in the PFL, but outside of that, he's got a win in the Contender Series, and then he was in the Crepus Fighting Championship and CFFFC. Okay. Okay. So now here's the thing. My man's first pro fight, you know what you want to know who he fought for? Huh. The North Caucasian Fighting Championship. Oh, Caucasus Mountain Warrior, bro. That is the most racist group I've ever heard of in my life. What are you talking about? That's not racist at all. Caucasian is from the Caucasus Mountains. So can you can only be Caucasian to fight in it? Dude, they're just saying it's regional. It's like saying the Greater Iowa Fighting League. This is I where don't know, I, dude. I don't know. Twenty twenty one, bro. I don't know if that league's still around. It might I mean, be called like the the. Don't we have? <laughs> don't don't. I can already see where okay. you're going, and we can't peel back. This is live. We can't peel these things back. Uh, All right, so we're gonna. I'm gonna tiptoe you back away from yeah. that ledge before you get us canceled. Okay, my All my right. B my B. All right. So neck beard for the win here at good money. All right. Alexander Hernandez at 12 and three taking on Tiago Moises at 14 and four. Our final prelim of the evening here, Trey Alexander Hernandez is a favorite in this fight. He actually is a favorite in most fights that he's in, despite having that weird wishy-washy record uh, minus minus one eighty. taking on Tiago Moises plus plus one fifty six over on rounds. Here's at two and a half Tiago Moises coming off that win over Bobby green and a fight that I thought Bobby green won. But mm -hmm. here we go. All the same. Tiago Moises, what do you got? 
Dude, the only reason that Alexander Hernandez comes in as favorites is because we look at the yesteryear when he used to talk mad shit like the cowboy fight, and then what happens? He doesn't get he gets it laid on it. Dude, it's the same thing with Dober, dude. When when he's met with someone's superior, you know, competition and or like historicals behind him, he gets freaking laid out. Alex Hernandez is supposed to be a guy that has a great wrestling. You know, he's supposed to have better striking. I will say I like the team that he moved to. I think he's getting better looks. Um, Tiago Moises, though, he's going to be better on the ground. I think that Alex Hernandez's best path to victory is to exercise that wrestling and in the clinch utilize some explosion. But Alex Hernandez reminds me of like a shittier version of Kevin Lee. Talks a big game, but doesn't ever get it done from the victory standpoint. <laughs> it's the same thing, dude. It's literally, tell me, tell me, those are the same guys. They're guys that run their mouth and then get shut up. Never able to put something in the win column. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, but <sighs> freaking like, Kevin Lee knocked out Gregor. And I I love Gregor Gillespie, so I was very honestly. That's one of the biggest losses I've ever had in betting since I've been betting. Gregor, the Gregor Kevin Lee fight was yeah, there was, was two there was two fights that I that I lost a ton on. Um, that was one of them. Uh, my two biggest losses from a betting perspective were Gregor Gillespie and Kevin Lee and Miguel Cotto versus Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, those were my those, those were my two biggest losses. You lost money, and Megan Olivi has nightmares for the rest of her life, dude. It was a horrible night. Yeah, I, that's you know, I appreciate the clip of, of Megan being super scared, but uh, I'm upset that I lost a lot of money. So anyway, I, it's a great take, by the way. Great take. So you're, so are you taking Tiago here, or are you going to take Alexander Hernandez? I don't even know where you landed there. I know, I know. I, I, I'm going to go with Alex Hernandez just because, again, I like the team he's with. I like that he's getting looks like with like Brandon Roy Val and stuff like that. Is he in elevation, or do you go to Factory X? No, he went to Factory X. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. You need, I mean, listen, getting humbled by Dober will tell you that you need to go to Colorado and try to figure <laughs> something out, man. There, yeah. I, listen, you look, look at what Curtis did to Alistair, right? Mm -hmm. So Curtis goes in, he destroys Alistair Overeem, and Overeem says, I want to go where you're at and learn what you did so I can do that to other people. And Alexander yeah. Hernandez had the same thing, not not necessarily like tit for tat going straight to elevation, but he definitely went to Colorado, which is a hotbed uh, for MMA talent right now. So there are tons of good teams there right now. So shout out Team Elevation, High Altitude Martial Arts, um, man, and uh, Factory X too, just crushing it right now. All right. Yeah. The third, the final, like like Lord like the Lord of the Rings movie, so Return of the King. We got Return. Hot take, Kate. Here we go for the third and final hot take of the evening. Yes. I need, what, I need a minute to recover. Trey had me snorting in that whole Caucasus <laughs> Mountains bit. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. They <laughs> have to reel me back from time to time. I, Trey time they put us in hot water. Hot Kate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the. The fight that I was going to use as the example for this mm -hmm. is the fight that shall not be named. So we'll just pretend. We'll just pretend no. I have a different example. What fight? What fight? Wait, which fight? Oh, Phil, pause. Oh, 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 oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, you made me. Now you made me say his name, so it totally ruined the whole thing. Whatever. <laughs> I, I desperately desperately want there to be a way and I haven't figured it out yet, but I want there to be a way for fighters to win at the end of a fight that they have thus far been losing. 
And I'll tell you why. Okay. Okay. When, when MMA began, part of mm. the whole premise was this idea of we want to figure out which martial art is the best. Yes. We want to figure out the best way to simulate real world fighting experiences and see what would happen yes. in, an, in a controlled environment. And it, it bothers me to an, just, uh, it bothers me that a fighter can be doing pretty well for maybe two rounds. And maybe one of those rounds is questionable. Like in this fight, I've uh, like, they were close. Um, I think, I think, uh, might've been round two. That was, that was pretty close. But then in the third round, fighter B just goes for the jugular and he yes. can't quite finish it. Right. He can't quite finish it. But you know, if that fight had two more minutes, it just yes. a shut out end of story. No question. And in the real world, there are no referees. There are no bells. Nope. And I feel like if I were a judge sitting there, I'd be like, wait, wait, can I get my scorecard back? Can I change, can I change it for the yeah. last one? Cause it was close. And now I think that guy won the fight and there's no way to make him win the fight. And I just want there to be a way to make him win the fight. Trey, go ahead. Yeah, totally. I, I didn't hear no bell. You know what I mean? Like that's, I think that this is one of those things where the only way to like, you know, light a fire under someone's ass is to do what Dale's been calling for a long time and open scoring. I think that's the only way that you can put an exclamation mark on fights like that. I mean, granted, Imavov knew that he was down after two rounds. Yes. But I think broadly scoring that and then, you know, grant there's crowd and stuff like that, that's going to die on your shield mentality in the third mm -hmm. round. That's, that's the only way I can see it actually going down. I don't think changing scorecards, he, Phil Haas implemented a game plan. Wow, right. it was boring, ridiculous, and absolutely, I don't know. I, I could talk so much shit on I it. It was a ridiculous campaign. But I think at the end of the day, he did what he needed to do to win. Good for him. He's going to get his his show and his win money. Um, but open scoring, I think, is the only way to progress that, right, Dale? So open scoring is one thing. And, Kate, I appreciate you taking us on a uh, MMA origin story. I'm going to... I'm going to, I'm going to for everyone else, you know, that wasn't for I, you. I'm going to touch base on something here real quick. And I believe I've mentioned it before, but maybe I haven't. Um, for those that are unaware, uh, Pride used to do this event every year called Bushido. And the Bushido event was designed to be scored differently in that whoever was winning at the end of the sanctioned time, essentially you were supposed to then draw that line and differentiate that that person, given all things considered, if the fight were to continue from that moment forward, whoever was winning the fight would, would continue to win the fight, and that is then who was awarded the victory. So you could be getting wrestle humped up against the cage, or in, in that instance, the ropes for the better half of 20 minutes, but in that final 10-minute round, uh, if you were getting the better of the person and the fight ended, the judges would go, all things considered, if this fight continued along its current trajectory, we have reason to believe that fighter A was going to win. So we award fighter A the fight. Um, I think it's, I think there's a place for it. Mm -hmm. I agree that there needs to be a way to win the fight, but I also understand a draw. And there are times where fights end in a draw, and I'm okay with that. 
Yeah. Uh, look at the Figueredo Moreno fight. I'm okay with that being a draw. The Wei Li Zhang Yoana Yunjechik fight. I'm okay with that being a draw. There are times where, all things considered, you can have these two magnetic forces slamming into each other all night long, and there will be an ebb and flow to that conflict that it will not be resolved no matter how long you let it go. Right. So the only differentiating factor that I can determine that would possibly eliminate that or do more so to eliminate it would be to change the round times or stagger round times, almost like old pride where the first round was 10 minutes long. So it gives people more opportunity in the combat or you implement open scoring. So everybody is very aware of where they stand going into the final round. So it gives that person the opportunity to go out on their field. And even then, and this is the problem that I have, and I don't want to get on too big of a rant here, is that you as a judge are to score the fight one round at a time. Right. So if you, perfect example, Johnny Hendricks and GSP. A lot of people think that Johnny Hendricks won that fight. Mm -hmm. But if you look at that fight and you watch it one round at a time, GSP won more rounds. Mm -hmm. Johnny Hendricks did more damage in the rounds that he won. He won more decisively, but GSP won more rounds. You score the fight one round at a time. The so, Dominic Reyes, John Jones fight. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. The other thing that I would like to see here, and my man Neil has been spitting fire in the chat all night. I'm going to give him credit for it. Be more strict on point deductions for eye ah, folks yeah. and fence grabbing. You, oh, you brief the fighters in the back on what your expectations are from a safety and behavior standpoint. One warning after that, it's a point. And if even then it doesn't even have to be a warning. If what you did changes the outcome of either a position change or an exchange, it should be an automatic point. Neil, mm. you're killing it in the comments, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Merch. Merch. All right. I think there's, I think there's possibly one more thing to look at is also the way that the fight, I mean, like, and I, I, this is a take that I had a little bit of trouble with because like, it's something that I do feel really strongly about, but at the same time, like, I don't want to see it. Like, I don't want us to go away from this whole chess match idea of a fight where there is a strategy and like, you are looking at it round by round. And I do like it for the most part. There sure. are just some fights where it's just like, Oh God, this just, it's just frustrating the way that this ended. And I think that the other thing that I, I do really wish that we would explore is more rounds that are scored 10, eight, 10-7, like getting that draw that you're talking about. Had that been a 10-8 scored round, that would have been a draw. Yeah, It also depends, too, I mean, the fact that it's a 10-point must. So if right. the winner must get 10 points, that also changes things a little bit, too. Right, so. and I don't like that I because I, there have been some big nothing burger rounds right. <laughs> this year where it's like neither of you deserve 10 points. What are we doing? Sure. Well, Kate, I appreciate it. You brought the fire this week. Three mm -hmm. fantastic points. Um, I, I, as always, pleasure having you on. Um, next week, you will not be here because we've we, we've got somebody we've got somebody special lined up Maybe next more week. More special than me. Yeah. I, well, you know, it happens sometimes. <laughs> I'm not so, even allowed to come. It's yeah, Trey, Trey won't even be here. Trey won't even be here. So, um, I'm going to relegate you to the shadow realm real quick, but stick around for a minute, okay? Okay. All right. All right, guys, let's put a bow on this bad boy. A couple different things, a couple announcements coming up. So Tuesday, March 2nd, 
So next Tuesday, the show will begin an hour earlier. If you're interested in the YouTube live stream, we will have um, John Anik coming on the show for an hour. He's giving us an hour of his time Tuesday, March 2nd at eight o'clock Eastern. Um, I'm just saying the Eastern time trade because you're not going to be here. So my Pacific people, I appreciate you. You can do that conversion on your own. It'll be five o'clock your time that on the on the West Coast. Yep. We will have Anik. We'll have him for an hour leading into probably what's going to be the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Uh, we're going to get him for an hour. We're going to break down all of the fights, or at least as much as we can fit into an hour's worth. Um, so we'll have John Anik next week uh, on the show. That Saturday, the Saturday of the card, UFC was at 259, correct? UFC 259. On this channel, on the YouTube live channel, we are going to have a watch party slash fight companion where we're all going to log on. We're going to watch fights. We're going to drink drink some brews together, eat some food, hang out. We're going to do giveaways. We've got new shirts to give away. We're also partnering up with Strictly MMA Talk Show. Um, so if you haven't already followed them, go to Strictly MMA on Instagram or at Strictly MMA Talk Show. Give them a follow. We're going to team up with them. They're going to contribute to this as well. They have stuff they're going to give away. We have stuff we're going to give away, and we've got tons of games, tons of content for this fight companion. It's going to be the first one that we do, and based on whether or not it's successful, we'll determine whether or not we do it again. So show up, show out, um, and let's make the most of it. You can follow along all the updates throughout the week leading up to that on our social media channels at MMA, or you can email us at chat at MMA or on Twitter at MMA as well. Uh, appreciate everybody that continues to support the show. Trey, you are flying to Hawaii here in what, three days? Friday. I'm on a flight. I took a nice COVID test. Uh, they, I don't know if the person was like pissed off at me, but they shoved that shit so far up my nose, dude. Scrambled oh. my brain. Oh, I didn't think you were going to say you got the nose test. I thought you were going to say you got the other one. Nope. Uh, oh. San Diego International Airport, they decided to uh, shove it up my nose and get me on a flight, dude. Gotcha. I thought you opted for the Chinese test. Which one is that? It's the, the one where they go straight up the brown eye. <laughs> oh, that is the most accurate. It is the most accurate. That's what I thought. That's what you were, I thought that's where you were rolling when you were like, <laughs> you shoved it so far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, man. Look, I, I, I hope that you have a glorious vacation. Thank I know you. how, I know how hard you work. Um, you. and I think that you'll, you'll come back well rested, rejuvenated at just in time for me to break your spirits publicly on March 6th. So I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, I, Pumped, I'm, man, I, I know you are, have John Anik on. I am going to do one thing though. Sure. I know you just give you give away shit without even telling me. That's fine. I'm going to give away shit without even telling you. I am going to put up a poll. I'm going to put up the poll a couple times because I want to get accurate votes. Will John Anik come on the show with a mustache? If the guy comes on with a mustache, yo, man. Yeah. Whatever he comes on the show with, those people, I will write you down what you voted. Those that picked right. You'll be in a wheel, the pirate wheel of a giveaway. So the you know the group will be smaller, more opportunity to win beer. Will John Anik have a mustachio man? Okay, I'm going to wax my mustache for when he comes on. I just want you to know, I'm going to wax it. It's just, I don't have a full Mobius, but I'm going to get out there. We're going to make it, we're going to make it work. So um, I will wax the stash for when he comes on. I'm excited for it. Listen, I appreciate everybody that supports the show. If you haven't done so, please consider subscribing to the YouTube channel. 
if you listen to this only on audio, consider watching the live stream with us. We appreciate that. Uh, if you haven't done so, please re leave a review on iTunes or Google Store, wherever you possibly can. And we will be giving stuff away on the March 6th show. We'll be doing some beer money giveaways leading up to that as well. Like Trey said, via our Insta channel as well at Punchless MMA. If you haven't done so, please follow Hot Take Kate at Sophisticated MMA on Instagram. And she's got a YouTube channel too, even though she doesn't use it that much. Feel free to subscribe to her on there as well. Shout out to everybody that supports the show and producer Jake in the, in the background all the time. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Everybody that listens to the show. Be good to each other. We'll see everybody next week. And I'll talk to everybody on Saturday because Trey won't be man in the socials. It'll be your boy. So let's make some money this weekend. Bang, bang. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.